Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. Listeners, this is your host Sheila Shinsky, and we're back again for a little virtual travel today with our guest Sandy. I've had a song in my head all morning, Havana Unana, and that's like the only lyric I know because we're going to be talking about Havana, Cuba today. We're still sort of in a little bit of a lockdown, you know, even going around the states is kind of tricky with COVID. Uh, our passports are definitely shelved right now, so I just thought it'd be fun to do a little virtual travel. So let's get your imaginations open and let's listen to Sandy. Sandy has a wealth of knowledge about travel, so we might have to have her on here more than once because listen to this. She's a retired physician who served nearly 24 years in the U.S. Air Force, first as an aeromedical services tech and then as a physician in the family health clinics at various bases. She graduated from the uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences at F. Edward Hebert School of Medicine, the United States Premier Military Medical School in Bethesda, Maryland. She was born in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and lived all over the U.S. with her Army father, but she was raised in Manila in the Philippines, and then she joined the U.S. Air Force from Clark Air Base in the Philippines. Her military assignments led her to retirement here in Florida, with her US Navy husband, John, and she continues to love travel and has been to Tuscany, Florence, Rome, Italy, London, and Edinburgh, Greece, Jerusalem, Haifa, Cozumel, Mexico, and all over the Caribbean to include Belize, Honduras, Haiti, Jamaica, the Galapagos Islands, Ecuador, Trinidad, St. Croix, and more. And today we're talking about Havana Unana in Cuba. So let's welcome Sandy to the Detour Podcast. Thanks for being here, Sandy. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your travel style. What do you think is your travel style? Do you like to travel alone with a group? Are you regimented and like itinerary or you go by the seat of your pants? What, how would you I say? used to be, I used to plan things well ahead of time but then my husband took over and now all i do is sit back i don't even worry about where we're going he tells me uh do i want to do this and i says yes and i never said no to him but he still asks me <laughs> <laughs> and he basically plans it all out writes a, an itinerary for me to follow which i rarely refer to <laughs> because all i do is say whatever you want to do let's go and i have fun it's easier that way because it, it used to be we we still have different um ideas of what's fun i'm more let's say athletic minded and he likes to do history more than i do i would like to go on a safari with my camera uh, he would like to visit a place of historical interest so uh 
it's easier for me not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so is he at least mindful to take in some of your things? Of or, yeah. Okay. So you've worked out the plan. I mean, somebody's got to, somebody, I, I like that idea. Somebody's got to be, you know, the leader and planner, but he takes in your interests that you're a little more adventurous than he is as far as like, he's I'm probably going to sign up for bungee jumping, but you might, right? Well, he signs us up for bungee jumping because he knows I like it. Right. Um, I tell you, when we discuss our travel plans, he will often tell me that, oh, he's been there already. He's done that. He's, he's lived uh, on safari, stayed in a hotel in the trees and had a giraffe stick its nose uh, through the window. He's done all of that when he was younger, but he's an explosive ordnance disposal technician who basically dove in five out of the seven continents. So he's done all that adventure when he was younger. Now he wants to indulge in his, his interest in history. So I get to do things what he used to be able to do, Got which it. is why we travel this way. I follow yeah. along. He's much better at, it's much more fun traveling with him than, than without because he brings how would you say uh if i stand somewhere he will pull out all the little historical tidbits that i would never have known even if i came to visit if i were just alone so he prepares ahead of time so he's like your own little live-in travel agent where you know travel tourist guide where uh you know he yes. sets it all up for you and then he knows all the fun facts to tell you while you're going along that's pretty convenient <laughs> it is and it's it's amazing because i can tell you that getting to know him that's one of the main reasons why i fell in love with him because he's a wealth of knowledge you should sit beside him when we're watching Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> he wins. Oh my goodness. He knows the answers to everything. <laughs> That's great. So he was with you on the trip to Cuba then? Yes. He was the one who set it up for us. Okay. Was there a special occasion or was it just a, a fun vacation or why did you go there? Well, we have, we are part of this belly dance studio called Hip Expressions and they do an annual belly dance cruise. They're now planning their 13th belly dance cruise. And we have been on all of them except for two. And mm -hmm. I regretted missing those two. <laughs> so whenever they do it, uh, it's usually every February. I think they're planning it in October this year. It might be next year because of COVID. We tend to go with them and they put out a message saying, where do you want to go next? And Cuba won. That, oh. that particular year. Okay, so you were with other people as well? Uh-huh. We have had anywhere from 50 to 120 people in the group with us. So it's more fun traveling with a group, but it's just as fun traveling with just John and myself. Yeah, okay. So how long was the stay and where did you go specifically, just to Havana? Uh, we went on a cruise, so that particular cruise was from Clearwater to Fort Lauderdale to Key West to Havana. We stayed there overnight. I think we arrived at 8 in the morning in Havana and then left the following day at, it was scheduled at 1300, but I think they let us stay longer till 4 p.m. So it was just overnight. Okay. All right. So what, what kind of sites did you get in during that 
John calls it a tropical Caribbean style Tropicana, the world famous Tropicana Cafe. Okay, good. Yeah, it's like a nightclub sort of thing, restaurant yep. nightclub. Yeah, the Tropicana. So I'm, I'm guessing you had some great foods there and things to yep. see. You know what Cuban food is like, right? It's a lot of uh, spicy chicken, yellow rice. Uh, uh, Beans. <laughs> yes. What is it? Uh, frijoles negros or something. Uh-huh. It. It's uh, delicious, spicy, and very, to me, uh, adventurous. Like I like the mojo pork that they have. So pork is a big staple over there. Rice, of course, is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to ask you, um, we always, when we travel, find like the, you know, most popular drink, you know, adult beverage. Was there a particular one in Cuba? I learned, well, there's always the mojitos, which mm-hmm. we ordered a lot. I wish I could remember the name, this long name, but it was specific to that particular cafe. But there was the Capriana. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Have you? But it's spicy, lemony, very citrusy type of uh, drink over, I prefer vodka, so that I think they, they use rum in that case. So mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of it, though, but... It, I could probably look it up. It says Capriana something. Okay. Sounds delicious. It was delicious. Yeah. I think it had pineapple in it in this particular case. So So think back to a lot of the pictures that you took. What were some things that you captured? You know, old timey, colorful cars. That's it. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. So I'm just trying to rack my brain too of picturing what it, what it looks like. We were on tour on a bus, and although uh, you would think because it's Cuba that the people would um, dislike or have something to say about their political leaders, well, that the people actually love their their leaders, that uh, it's just their their concerns are the fact that there was a embargo, and so they only had specific cars, the old time cars, that because they couldn't get any more new new deliveries of cars, they they found that they had to keep on refurbishing and repainting and and uh, those old cars from the 1950s became iconic for Cuba. So every time they found that tourists love riding in them and that became a, a an income source for many of the Cubans who still had those vehicles. That makes sense. Yeah. It was fun. You do what you have to, right? Yeah. You make do with what you have. Right. That's right. So um, besides that little kind of, um, you know, maybe what do you want to call it? Preconceived notion that we might have that, that they disliked their leaders. Okay. So you said that they said, you know, that they actually did, uh, like their leaders. What else was the culture like that you can remember? Very colorful, <laughs> mm-hmm. with lots of uh, art. Uh, in fact, I, I recall the discussion with one of the tourist guides because uh, I remember one of them was a teacher, but she didn't make enough income being a teacher. So she started on the side since she spoke English. She started doing the tourist guides. She found she made more money and she, she could support her family better with uh, being a tourist guide because of tips, etc. 
she described how the the government is the one that supports everybody, but their income is limited to the government uh, standard, which is not enough to keep everybody surviving well. Exactly. So they find ways, they find that they can make more money working for tourism than they can doing the work they normally do, uh, for example, as a teacher. So a great um, supplement or alternative to a traditional job, the tourism provides... I like the way you put things, yes, it's yeah. an alternative. <laughs> yeah. uh, the tourism uh, industry provides much more for them as either a secondary income or a primary income. Yes, and um, I recall too that, uh, and I did not know all of this ahead of time, but the, the teacher was telling me how the all the homes that we saw there, all the buildings, they were owned by the government because the government had taken over the legal ownership, but those who lived there were allowed to continue to live there. And um, the government is supposed to support everybody because it's socialist. Right. It didn't quite work that way. So they, that's why they had to supplement their income. Yes, yeah. One of the more interesting ones was I remember sitting enjoying the show at the Tropicana. It was an immensely gorgeous, fantastic show with all these beautiful costumes. But I was chatting with one of the dancers and she described how she had fought to get on there because the people who performed there, supported by the government, made more money. Um, if they were employed there, then they would have elsewhere because it's such a popular place for oh, tourists. I see, I see. So what kind of show was that? A Dance, song, there was a little drama. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly mostly uh, song and dance uh, with people in samba costumes and feathers all over. Uh, uh, it was hugely fantastic anyway. Yeah, it sounds like it. I love that kind of stuff. So a lot of, um, well, samba music, you know, that like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I just think of like a Gloria Estevan and, you know, like that kind of music. Is that the kind of music that they had? Calypso or? Uh, yes. Yeah, Calypso. There was style. a variety, but Not- uh, I was amazed at the talent that people who were dancing there, the, the precise uh, choreography. It there were sometimes I would say almost a hundred people on stage dancing in front of us in in a place that was built to hold, uh, I believe, not more than three hundred. I think I remember that's what they told me. We had fifteen hundred the evening. They squeezed oh us all goodness. in. Wow! <laughs> it was you know it was a limited area, but they were somehow able to stack us on each other and spread out into the grass besides the the floor but it was gorgeous it uh outdoors so you could have a little fireworks there were a lot of lights decorative lights that made it feel like it was fairyland for me anyway i enjoyed it but you really were stacked up on each other i was thinking just for safety's sake uh Where's the nearest uh, exit, just in case? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was was outside because when you were saying that, that it was, um, so it was kind of like half in, half out in a way. I'm trying to It's sort of like a patio area. Okay. 
Yes, your the stage is stacked up high it in the sort of um, a hillside, I would say okay. that. Okay. Uh, so we were we were on the outside patio of an indoor restaurant. There was a, a restaurant that was indoors, but show was outside. Again, we were spread out on the floor, which was tiled. Mm-hmm. And then some of us were spread out on the grass too. The tables were because okay, it was I such see. a popular show. I see, I see. Okay. We had a lot of uh, us from all the cruise ships that were docked there. And oh. the, the interesting part of it is you could only have the smaller cruise ships because the, the bay or whatever, the, the water body that allowed ships to come in was very shallow. So only the smallest class of cruise ships could go in. Ah, well, that's a good segue because I was going to ask you about what the landscape and the and the weather. You were there in, was this in February when they were still doing it in February? Mm-hmm. So what was the weather and the landscape like? Well, if it's typical tro- tropical lush greenery around uh, with uh, the cities and towns was this very old style Caribbean Caribbean or however you pronounce that. The landscape was gorgeous where we were at because of the greenery, but if you take away all the the trees and the grass, it would be hot and humid and uncomfortable. Okay. But town, there were they may do as much as possible to make it as beautiful as possible, but you could see the grunge and the old buildings that needed refurbishing desperately needed refurbishing. I recall the tour bus took us to where this, I think it was the Hilton at the time, but that's where Marilyn Monroe, Frank Sinatra used to come to Cuba. And it used to be, uh, in fact, the one of the tour guides told us he used to work there. He enjoyed it when Marilyn Monroe and all the big stars would come over. But now if you look at it driving by it was pretty sad looking <laughs> ah. because they don't have the funds to to refurbish it yeah it needs yeah. to be updated big time yeah well sometimes that's tough in a socialist government they decide what goes where right <laughs> especially when they're under embargo too and so embargo right a big thing in fact the tour guide who was tended to be political in his discussion mm-hmm. he blamed the u.s for not having whatever they had and it's mm-hmm. not their government that was a problem it was the u.s for putting them under embargo ah uh, okay so well there you go okay we'll we'll take that with a spoonful <laughs> of frijoles <laughs> but you know they they don't mind it was more the u.s government that they had a lot against but they love the American tourists. So since uh, we were coming with dollars, they were yeah. very happy to have us. Yeah. <laughs> they were very welcoming. I gotcha. Now, uh, in our pre-interview, you mentioned, and I, and I mentioned in your um, uh, bio at the beginning that you grew up in the Philippines. And in our pre-interview, you said that there were some things that kind of reminded you of um, the Philippines. How so? There's a there's a smell that people describe when they disembark from an airplane in Manila Airport. 
it's hot, dank, very spicy because of the tropical climate. Yeah. Uh, and the the cuisine that we have there that wafts all over the place because people on the streets are selling food in order to make a living. The opportunities in the Philippines are not as open to people without, you know, there are, mm -hmm. there are haves and uh, those have nots. And so the have nots try to earn money in whatever ways. And Manila is particularly crowded because people from the provinces come to, to try to find an opportunity to make uh, a living there. Well, that's what you have also in Cuba. Mm -hmm. It's very hot, dank. The sun reflecting off of tall buildings that should be beautiful looking. The problem is with the lack of emissions control, a lot of the buildings are layered in soot mm. and old looking. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same way in in Italy, where at least Italy, though, they, they clean mm -hmm. periodically. I was there in Italy when they had scaffolding around some of the uh, historic buildings and they were spending some time cleaning the soot off of them. Uh, well, they don't do that yet that I know of in Cuba and in, in the Philippines. So, okay. So you see some evidence of the, of the pollution more uh, on, the, on the buildings and maybe you can smell a little bit of that. Yes. Yeah. And people are, when you're crowded, you can smell each other. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. So <laughs> you people have to told me this. Bring your body spray. <laughs> <laughs> no, people have told me it's interesting. I, I went to visit home in the Philippines and um, I was only there for maybe three weeks. But I went to a mall thinking it's a modern mall. It, it was Ali Mall by Muhammad Ali. He's the one who invested in that. And I was speaking in my native language, hoping to get a good discount. But uh, the sales lady told me, you're from America. I said, uh, be I said, why do you say that in, in my own language? And she goes, because you smell different. You smell like tourist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't smell like the natives over there because I guess when you open up our luggage, you can smell the bounce or <laughs> oh, yeah. the freshener that comes with washing our clothes in, you know, gain or whatever. Yeah. The way that we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. And I, I've been told that I smell different from people in the Philippines. So it's, wow. it's amazingly unusual to me, but oh. okay. I learned something new. <laughs> well, yeah. It's the same I mean, way there. They, you stand beside somebody and you can tell when they're native. Just, mm -hmm. I, and I have to tell you that I've always been told that my sense of smell tends to be very, sensitive i've been noted for being able to make diagnoses with smell alone and that that was significant in cuba where i could smell who who's from there and who's not from there <laughs> wow that's that's not a that was not, not a common thing yeah <laughs> but that's super interesting that's super interesting did you feel pretty safe there fact, yeah. i was okay. shocked mm -hmm. i was shocked because we were warned ahead of time that people would 
would be monitoring us while we're there, that people would be watching us. No, it did not feel that way at all. The, the tourist guides just poo-pooed it when I asked about that. They said, oh, you can go wherever you want to. I thought that we would have people sneaking around behind us watching us. Nope. It's no, they were very happy to see us. He says, you only hear that from your government. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, we're, so no, no worries about no, or no issues with like pickpocketing or anything like that. I mean, I think there's some, some places when you travel, you know, that, that you need to be a little more wary about pickpocketing and dangerous certain areas to go and not go, you know, probably what you were referencing to the, the tourist guide, um, not trying to be offensive to him, but just saying, is there places we could, we should go or not go kind of thing. But any, any issues with, you know, any kind of like pickpocketing or anything like that? We were only there for overnight. Yeah. Um, and the places that our guides took us did not seem to be dangerous at all and and everybody was very friendly everybody was trying to impress us saying come back we want you to come back so feel at home that's i think that's the motivation behind that because they want us to keep coming back remember at that period of time cuba had just opened to tourism yeah um we were we in fact we're in a window of time when we were allowed to go there freely. Now there are significant restrictions in that you can only go uh, under the guise of education. It has to be some sort of an educational tour. At least that's my understanding. The ports used to be open and now I believe the cruises, uh, well, immediately after our cruise, I think ours was one of the last cruises that was allowed in Havana. After that, I think they closed it off by some rule that Trump imposed. Yes, it was, it was, it wasn't, he didn't impose it. It was basically an expiration of a, oh, okay. an exception. Got and it. He yeah. allowed that to expire. So then the new rule is that you could, I, I think we, we went back to where the embargo restrictions were no longer exempted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it was closed off and then opened and then kind of restricted again. Well, that's, that's good to know the, the people that were, were friendly and happy, you know, for you to be there and you felt really safe. Um, okay. So you mentioned that the tour guide took you to some spots. You mentioned the Tropicana. What, what were the other places that the tour guide took you? I know you had kind of just, you know, a day, but. There was a park where we all had a great time. We, what we did was all of us seemed to have signed up for uh, this particular um, excursion where we split up into probably 12 old cars that were open to the air and we were driving around in these funky cars and we would stop at various places, including the shore where we saw a fort. The, they showed us around and told us uh, about the history of that particular fort. We went to, it had animals in it. it and it had a bandstand that was supposed to have music, but at that time that we were there, uh, we weren't, there wasn't any show. I think the most enjoyable part because of the heat was when we, he gave us maybe half an hour to go stop in this little, this little sort of neat hut stand mm -hmm. that 
they serve mojitos. So I remember buying our driver, since each of us had a driver in uh, the little groups that we have, and uh, we bought drinks for the driver and everybody else around. So that was the most refreshing part of that <laughs> the drinks. But we drove up in the hillside where, where they're during the, in their residential areas and saw some beautiful homes. So it was all a variety of things, different places on this tour. Nice. There were some who decided not to follow the tour. I can tell you the story of well, remember, most of us were belly dancers. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's this story about this particular car with three women and a gorgeous looking driver who looked like uh, one of the Latino gigolos. <laughs> <laughs> a, lat a Latino heartthrob? <laughs> exactly. Well, uh -huh. she had her costumes with her for some reason, and uh, she had somehow got him to oh, we've done that yesterday, so we're going to go, let's do something else. So they did not follow the rest of us who were in this big group. And we, they ended up spending some time on the, on the beach with her posing in her belly dance, gorgeous belly dance costume. And I think they fell in love a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the secret. <laughs> well, right. we're not naming any names so <laughs> no we're not it was fun though i mean each of us could do our our own thing for each particular group because it's a belly dance group you know you had some gorgeous women with mm -hmm. us so all of the drivers were falling in love yeah <laughs> it was great that's great that's awesome so would you would you categorize it as affordable, expensive. I mean, oh, I know yes. that this was part of your cruise, but as far as Havana. I tell you what though, um, one, yes, it was affordable in, in the sense that if you compared what it costs in the U.S. versus what it costs in Cuba, uh, I would, I would put it at maybe generally a third of what it would cost in you know for food and drink and etc it was inexpensive if you were vacationing there it's inexpensive to rent as well but they're slowly learning the standards that the americans are used to so they're increasing their prices and this wow. is what i understand we had people pl uh, throwing their calling cards as hey my family owns this you know this house that you can airbnb and rent from us oh, and you can okay. spend some time and then there were people who were trying to advertise their own family business too so they they said you're on a cruise so you can't stay that long but the next time you come here you can spend time here and they gave us huge discounts i would say it's affordable well, one thing, um, one little tidbit that I want to share with you on the cruise that we were on, it was advertised as you can only, because of the restrictions, uh, the legal restrictions, you can only go off the ship through one of their excursions. I thought that was true. So all of us booked through the, through the cruise. But then there was somebody else who had been there multiple times and she said, oh no. And she was sitting beside us at the Tropicana and she was enjoying herself. But when we were chatting, she said, nope, she just called, called a cab 
and uh, bought her own ticket at Tropicana and it, it was so much less expensive than it was on board if you booked on board ship. So even if you go there on a cruise, you don't have to use, at least in her, uh, in that particular instance, she saved money by not booking through the cruise. Okay. So that is a good tip. Kind of like do your research ahead of time to find out, you know, if there is some stipulation about why they would say you can only get off and get back on with a, with an excursion. Um, otherwise you could save, yeah, you could save money book, booking it yourself. Um, lots of travel. I mean, even when we travel, you know, they want you to add things on right then. Um, sometimes right. we do some, most of the time we don't, we wait until, you know, we get there or we book separately with, um, you know, local companies. Um, and we save a lot of money that way. Sounds like you really loved it. Was, would you enjoyed yourself? Of course, of course. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the, I think I danced all afternoon. Um, we were waiting for the, the cars to be called for, since we had made the reservation for the tour, right? And while waiting, for all of them to show up we had some musicians with us and they were and there was music playing so for you know john and sandy like to dance so yeah. we just started dancing salsa or uh. <laughs> on the on the streets and on the sidewalks and everybody was having a good time it it was a blast it really was you'd you'd walk by back to the ship you'd walk by a bar, you'd decide to stop and there's music uh, wafting out of the doorway. So you go in and you do take a little drink and dance too. So all day, all afternoon, we would stop and dance. Uh, uh, even on, great. On, um, in those cars, you should have seen some of us dancing <laughs> those cars in the traffic. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, because they're convertibles, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was there anything that surprised you or that you weren't prepared for or something uh, that you wish you knew ahead of time? Yeah, it was. Uh, what surprised me was how friendly and open everybody was um, of the natives. Uh, I, it surprised me because I thought it would be scarier than it was. I thought there would be uh, people, soldiers at every corner. We saw soldiers, yes, but they they didn't have their guns out. In, in other words, there were um, areas where you just felt like you were at home. Uh, at least I did. Um, but maybe it's because I'm used to being in places like in the Philippines where there are, there's danger, but I'm, silly enough not to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there can be like that military presence, but it still felt relaxed and didn't feel like you were, you know, in any kind of dangerous situation. I think it was because the people we were with, the guides, the drivers, all of them just basically said, when you're with us, you're okay, which is, yeah. it felt that way anyway. Yeah. And I think that's really um, wise, especially when you're traveling to a new place that, that maybe you might feel a little uneasy about, you know, going with a group or a tour guide or something that's a little more structured versus on your own, you know, they, they know the places to steer you or steer you away from just in general, you know, not even talking about Cuba, but just in general. And they, and they take 
some kind of responsibility for you. And so, um, or at least maybe feel a little responsible because it's part of their job. And so it just does seem like there's a little bit more of a comfort level that you can relax into um, knowing that, you know, they're not likely to lead you astray. And I think it's wise when you're traveling to a new place, you know, we've, we've done that before where we've had some guided things. And then if we get familiar and we feel like, oh yeah, we could navigate this on our own, then, you know, maybe the next time or whatever, we will, we will go on our own. But I think that's wise. You're right. I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, but I, I, I believe that you, whatever you put into it, you get back. If yes. you're friendly, if you're open, you're, uh, you're able to converse with people without fear, then you get that back. You reflect back what, I mean, they reflect back what you give them. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else that you want to add? I think we gave a really good overview of, of Havana and Cuba. And um, I think it's a nice little taste. I'll add that one to my bucket list too. So anything else you want to add? Well, I want to say that I'm looking forward to when Havana and Cuba is uh, completely open and there's not as many restrictions as there currently are, which I didn't feel while I was there. But when you read about all the travel restrictions, I'm disappointed that we can't just freely go there. So I am looking forward to that. These things are, are quite complicated and we just want to go and have fun, don't we, Sandy? Yeah. <laughs> Get all this government and politics crap out of the way. We just want to go and enjoy our world, right? <laughs> Well, I, I've chosen not to involve myself in that and not worry Me about too. that. Me too. Me <laughs> too. That's right. So we only have to worry about the parts where it uh, restricts us, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I know. Well, thanks so much for uh, sharing about your adventure today and giving our listeners a little o overview. Uh, I hope that when you listen to this episode, uh, guests and listeners that you've learned something and it speaks your interest to maybe add Cuba to your bucket list and, you know, take this time while we, we can't travel too much, make your list and start researching a little of what you might want to do. And if that's some place that you'd want to go and put it on that list. So, and go you. with somebody like Sheila, who is a lot of fun to <laughs> hang around with. <laughs> ah, yeah. We'll see one of these days. Maybe, maybe I'll add that to my repertoire too, right? <laughs> Travel agent. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be responsible for people. I like to go off and do my own thing. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty fun. So, well, thanks, Sandy, for joining us today. And yeah, we might have to have you on again to talk about one of those other thousands of places you've been. Well, I hope I, I helped pique your interest. Well, you did mine. So we'll see what, okay. what, hopefully for other people too. So thanks for being on today. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on the Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too. And rate, comment, and subscribe yourself. So you can join us next time as we 
take the detour and enjoy the wander.